0: All right. You won't believe that this is take two, but it is of topic 9.5 calls for reforms and responses. Uh, Let's get right into it. Essential question. How have social categories, roles and practices changed and stayed the same since 1900 in the age of global economics, global transportation and communication and global and global devastation for more? Human rights were, for the first time, also elevated to the level of global discourse or discussion, which challenged long-held assumptions about race, class, gender, and religion. Efforts to establish and safeguard human rights opened the doors of educational professional opportunities and political participation for some who had previously been excluded. People around the globe also began to protest the inequalities and environmental damage that globalization had created or reinforced. All right, Category 1 of Changes is an Era of Rights. In December of 1948, the United Nations laid groundwork for an era of rights when it adopted a foundational document, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, asserting basic rights and fundamental freedoms for all human beings. It stated that everyone is entitled to these rights without distinction based on race, color, sex, language, religion, political, or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status the UN and human rights. Since its creation, the United Nations has promoted human rights, basic protections that are common to all people. As part of its humanitarian work, the UN created the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund, or UNICEF, in 1946 to provide food for children in Europe who are still suffering more than a year after the end of World War II. In 1948, the UN formalized its position on human rights in the Universal Declaration that we just talked about. Since that time, the UN has investigated abuses of human rights such as genocide, war crimes, government oppression, and crimes against women. The International Court of Justice is a judicial body set up by the original UN Charter. It settles disputes over international law that countries bring to it. Also called the World Court, it has 15 judges, and each must be a citizen of a different country. It often deals with border disputes and treaty violations. Another main aim of the UN is to protect refugees people who have fled their home countries in times of war, famine, and natural disasters. People often leave their countries and seek refuge in a safe location. The UN provides food, medicine, and temporary shelter. Among the earliest refugees the UN helped were Palestinians who fled the disorder when the UN partitioned Palestine to create the state of Israel in 1948, as we talked about in the last unit. Uh, The next, uh, in the era of rights is global feminism. On January 21st, 2017, the day after Donald Trump's inauguration as president, the Women's March on Washington drew about 500,000 demonstrators standing up for women's rights and other concerns. However, the march drew even more power from the millions more demonstrators who took part in locations on every continent around the globe and even here in Sacramento, I was there. As many as five million people stood together that day, representing a global solidarity for women's rights. That march was the most dramatic sign of global feminism, but other landmark events since 1900 had done their part to solidify the movement. I'll give you a chart of five events there. Just make sure you kind of understand the change and events over time. Uh, In the area of rights, let's talk about cultural and religious movements. Discourse or discussion on rights also became part of cultural and religious movements. For example, the Negritude Movement, which took root primarily in French West Africa, emphasized pride in Blackness the rejection of French colonial authority, and the right to self-determination, the ability to choose your own government. Leopold Siddar Senghor of Senegal wrote poems about the beauty and uniqueness of African culture and is now regarded as one of the 20th century's most distinguished French writers. He later became the first president of independent Senegal. During the 1920s and 30s, American intellectuals such as W.E.B. Du Bois, Richard Wright, and Langston Hughes wrote movingly about the multiple meanings of blackness in the world. You'll study them next year in APUSH. What many now refer to as black pride of the 1960s or Black Lives Matter today, um, they had their roots in this negritude movement. All right, let's talk about inherent rights or rights you're born with that nobody can take away and how they became a focus of a religious ideology as well. Liberation theology, which combines socialism with Catholicism spread throughout Latin America in the 1950s and 60s, it interpreted the teachings of Jesus to, including, to include freeing people from the abuses of economic, political, and social conditions. Part of this liberation included redistributing some wealth from the rich to the poor. In In many countries, military dictators persecuted and killed religious workers who embraced this liberation theology. However, advocates of liberation theology had a few notable successes. In Nicaragua, for example, they helped a rebel movement topple a dictator and institute a socialist government. Let's talk about steps towards gender equality as our next category. During the 20th century, men and women made great strides towards securing some of their rights and participating more fully in professional and political life. In the first part of the century, the percentage of women who could read and who attended college increased. And in, t- in, in country after country, women won the right to vote. However, not all the women in a country won the right to vote at the same time. In the US, for example, white women won the right to vote in national elections in 1920. Native Americans and African-American women did not have full voting rights throughout the country until the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Britain granted women the right to vote in 1918, but at first only women over 30 who met a property qualification could do so. British women did not achieve the same right, uh, right to vote as men until 1928. In Australia, white women gained some voting rights in 1894, but aboriginal men and women did not gain the right of right to vote until 1962. Whether women are able to exercise their vote is another issue. For example, in Pakistan, women gained the right to vote in 1947, yet in 2013, women still cast only 10% of the votes there. All right, so now talk about steps towards racial equality. In the U.S., African Americans won major victories against discrimination and segregation through the 1965 Civil Rights Act, which outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, and also the 1965 Voting Rights Act Act which banned discrimination of voting, the federal government stepped in to protect the rights of all citizens. African Americans also sought equality of education through desegregation of schools. All right, South Africa's colonial legacy. Um, There's a note that says we talked about apartheid in class, so make sure you review that. Um, I've eliminated it from the reading here because you can just review that. What uh, The next part of this, though, is uniting South Africa after apartheid. After Nelson Mandela's election in 1994, the Government of National Unity set up the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or the TRC. Unlike the Nuremberg trials after World War II that sought retribution for crimes, or payback for crimes, or revenge for crimes against humanity committed by the Nazis during World War II, the TRC sought to restore and establish an atmosphere of trust in the new multiracial South Africa. The TRC organized a series of 19 public hearings designed to expose the truth of human rights violations that had occurred during apartheid, while at the same time granting amnesty to members of the apartheid regime who agreed to testify. Amnesty means they won't be charged with the crime. Caste reservation in India, the fight for civil rights also uh, was also a global effort as people from different races and social classes began to demand equality. In India, the 1949 constitution outlawed discrimination against the Dalites, also known as the untouchables. Remember the caste system. Pakistan outlawed discrimination against Dalites in 1953. Before them, many people believed that being touched by a Dalit required the person who was touched to undergo a cleansing ritual. People in India and Pakistan continued to discriminate against Dalites well, until well into the 21st century to open doors of opportunity to social groups or castes that had faced historical discrimination. The government of India established the caste reservation system. Through this system, the government guaranteed that certain that a certain percentage of government and public sector jobs and enrollment in higher education would be set aside for people whose caste had conferred an underprivileged life, in other words, they had always been um, segregated and uh, discriminated against. All right, let's look at China, human rights repression there. After the economic reforms of the late 1980s and 1990s, China quickly became an economic powerhouse as we discussed in class. The economic liberalization, however, was not matched by democratic reforms. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, ruled the People's Republic of China with an iron fist. It censored the news industry, and control what students were taught in primary and secondary schools. That's the reason why they don't learn about Zhang Ha. Such practices limited freedom of speech and thought. Opposition political parties did not stand a chance in China's governing system, although some debate was allowed in the legislature for lawmaking process. Overall, however, the governing system was designed to thwart all challenges to the CCP's authority. Um, A quick note that we covered Tiananmen Square, the Tiananmen Square Massacre in class, or will be depending on when you're reading this. Uh, Make sure you review that. I've eliminated from the reading here, but you need to know it. Let's talk about minority rights in China. The communist government in China has struggled with the demands of the nation's 55 ethnic minorities. Some prominent examples were calls by Tibetans for more freedom or independence, and the complaints of the Uyghur people concerning religious and political discrimination in the northwest province of Yinjiang. In 2011, some of the Mongolian people in China protested against the high number of Han Chinese who had moved into Inner Mongolia, which is an autonomous or independent region of Northern China, and it disrupted their pastoral way of life, meaning they uh, live in the pastures and move their uh, horses and cows there. The Han are the largest ethnic group in China and worldwide. The Mongolians protested the environmental damage that came with settled agriculture, strip-mining of coal, building of highways, damming of rivers, and the overgrazing of land. All right, last thing we'll talk about is steps towards environmental repair. People realize that part of securing their rights in a globalized world is to claim their environmental rights to clean water and air and a sustainable planet with biodiversity. A number of organizations try to identify and achieve goals toward guaranteeing those rights. One of those was Earth Day, which started in 1970 as citizens in the United States designated April 22nd each year as Earth Day, a day for people to focus on environmental awareness. Organizers hope to highlight recycling, developing alternative energy, eating locally grown and organic foods, and passing anti-pollution legislation. Today, about 174 countries observe and participate in Earth Day activities with the Earth Day Network, an environmental advocacy group second group that fought for environmental repair was Greenpeace. Founded in 1971 as an organization to advocate or, uh, or fight for the environment, Greenpeace grew into a multinational agency with offices in more than 55 countries. It battles deforestation, desertification, uh, global warming, the killing of whales, and overfishing. Greenpeace is engaged in lobbying and education, but it became famous for its direct actions, such as confronting whale boats in the ocean. Finally, the Greenbelt Movement. In 1977, Kenyan activist Wangera, Wangari, excuse me, Mathai founded the Green Belt Movement, a direct response to the environmental degradation resulting from the colonial experience, you know, because they took natural resources, right? Uh, women in rural Kenya were reporting that streams were drying up and their food supply was unpredictable. The Green Belt Movement helped women work together to plant trees to improve the soil and collect rainwater. More than that, however, Dr. Mathai and the Green Belt Movement helped women see their capacity for making changes through participation in public life rather than leaving decisions to others. All right, that's it for this. I know it was a long one.